Yo, what's going on, everyone? I hope you guys are all doing well today. You got my Pick My Brain show. I got some amazing guests coming on. We got a couple, uh, Josh, we got Carlise, then we got Adrian. So this show is really designed to pick my brain. So I get inundated every day. You wouldn't believe how many times I get text messages, social media posts, whatever. Mark, can we pick your brain? Mark, can we pick your brain? Mark, can I pick your brain? So what I decided to do was actually create a platform where Individuals can pick my brain, but also what I want to do is give them a platform to leverage my social media side to really raise their profile because I'm a firm believer. It's not who you know, but who knows you. So with that, before I do some introductions with our lovely guest, let's get some sounds going. Hey, what's going on, Josh? What's going on, Carlise? What's going on, Adrian? How's it going? Doing great. How are you guys doing? We're Good. awesome. 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 Cool, cool, cool. So, you know what we'll do here is I just want to quickly get you guys to introduce yourselves, uh, and then we'll get right to the firing lane. So, Adrian, why don't you go first, man? Yeah, man. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, hi, everyone. Um, so, I'm a mechanical engineer by trade. Uh, got into real estate really this past year. Um, met Mark and a bunch of other people from Cashflow Tribe and uh, attended a mastermind that basically changed my whole perspective and life on, on money and mindset. And so I've been going at it since March, uh, just trying to expand my real estate investing portfolio. I haven't gotten any properties yet, but you know, Going slowly and strong and steady. That's the key. Slow and steady is the key, man. You know what? Uh, there's a quote I read this morning, which is slow success creates character. Fast success creates ego. So that's okay, my man. You're doing the right things. Sounds good. Awesome. Thank Welcome, Adrian. Thanks, man. Josh Carlise, what's going on? Hey, so uh, my name's Josh. Um, I uh, originally started in sales. I used to sell uh, cars and then uh, not too long ago, uh, earlier this year, I quit my job and jumped into real estate full time. Um, we have a real estate business. We are flipping houses. Uh, we're, you know, we're doing all kinds of stuff. We opened up a contracting company uh, to, you know, to help with our flipping of houses and then servicing other investors in the city as well. Um, and then, yeah, I'm uh, I'm a teacher actually. So uh, I've been working full time as a teacher this year, and thankfully it's our summer break after the year we've been through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we like we like Josh said, we just started investing like a year ago. Um, we joined Cashflow Tribe, and it has changed our lives. We are on our third flip this year. Um, we've opened up a contracting business and it's amazing the things you can do when you have the right mindset. A year ago, you would find us just, you know, doing the nine to five and being okay with that. But mm -hmm. I feel like this year we really pulled the trigger and we've taken those risks. Um, and it's, it's changed our lives for sure. Awesome. Awesome. I can't wait to hear your questions. This is, uh, this is fantastic. So what I'll do is I'll keep Adrian on and, uh, we'll start with that and, uh, Adrian fire, man. All right. All right. So uh, I'm going to start a little bit hard and then we'll go into some real estate, but I'm curious to learn a little bit more about you. Sure. Um, so I'm going to start with a David Goggins sort of story. I'm sure you know him. Um, in one of the podcasts, he said his biggest fear is getting to heaven on Judgment Day, you know, being the 300-pound guy spraying for cockroaches, making $1,000 a month, and being judged by God. And, you know, God shows him this list that has, like, all these amazing accomplishments and achievements, and God says, that's you. And God is like, that's not me. But then God responds, that's who you were supposed to be, right? my question for you is sort of what is your fear or what is the legacy that you want to leave on earth and also how 
are you planning to use real estate to do that? Wow, that's a, that's a loaded question, man. Um, as, as you're asking that question, I'm getting chills on my back. And um, there's actually uh, a quote that I, I, I read as well. Uh, actually, I heard this, which is um, in line with that, which is, you know you're in hell when um, you're, you're simply in the shadow of, of who you should have been. And so my, my, my big push I'm finding, and right now let's go to real, let's tackle real estate right now. Real estate is simply a vehicle for me. It's simply a vehicle for me to achieve where I'm meant to be. So right now, like I've gone through my different seasons of life. Um, I enjoy real estate investing. Don't get me wrong, but I see it as a season and maybe, maybe by the time I'm dead, I'll continue doing it or maybe not. I don't know. I mean, if you'd have asked me 18 months ago, I'd be doing what I am today. I would have told you you're, you're crazy and you're smoking something. Um, so I look at where I am today, right? So having said that real estate investing has simply been a vehicle for me. Um, really where I'm, I'm really, I, I, I've really come to, to light. And this has actually been coming together. Uh, one of my coaches is actually Tim story, uh, who's actually going to be a guest on my podcast this week. Um, and so, uh, Tim is a, a life coach. He's done uh, stuff for Justin Timberlake, Kanye West. Uh, I mean, you talk, I, Robert Downey Jr., uh, Oprah Winfrey, Ellen DeGeneres. I mean, I can go on and on and on. Highly recommend his books, uh, you know, Miracle Mentality. And he's really working with me on that. And as we're, as we're you know, sculpting or basically finding that gem in that, in that rock is finding that really where I, all I want to do is lead with value. That's all I want to do. I just want to push so much value out there to people and serve others because I know it's, I know it's going to push me from the back end, and that's what I'm blessed about. So, hence why I invest heavily with social media. Social media is not cheap. I mean, people say, "Oh, Mark, we see you everywhere." You better because I'm spending about five thousand dollars a month, six thousand dollars a month on social media. Um, but I, I don't do it with anything in return. If, if I get comments from people saying your podcast or this interview changed the way I think or way I operate and so forth. So for me, when I get people that, that tell me that it's like, wow, that feels great. When I'm not that I'm doing this for celebrity status, I, I don't do it for celebrity status. Um, I've had occasions where I've actually been walking and someone's tapped me on the shoulder and saying, Hey, you're seven, two, you're seven, two. And it's like, Whoa, like, well, how do I react to this? And they they'll say, yeah, you know, it's, you're very motivating to us. You, we can really resonate with you. So for me, where I want to go, what I want to do is just help people, serve others. And I do know that whatever compensation, whatever it is, currency, whether it be relationships, financial, doesn't matter. That's going to come from the value I provide. So my legacy is going to be, um, my legacy is going to be just impact and helping as many people as I can. Is that helpful? Yeah. Hey, can I can I ask like a quick follow up? Sure. Uh, can you expand as to why do you think that is? Like, what got you into trying to give back to people? Because I mean, a lot of people, you know, you see that make it big, and you know, they have a lot of selfish goals per yeah. se. Yeah. So, what what do you think spurred this giving back nature, which is awesome? Yeah. You know, I. I really believe it's really stemmed from my upbringing um, in watching how my mother has always served others. And it's just for me, I believe in, and when I hear, I hear that, I hear like from, from strangers that tell me about some of my aunts of how they, you know, they help people. They brought in families that had nothing and it's just, it's the right thing to do. Like, like I have, like my background is high ticket sales. So, you know, I pride myself on hitting this magic number by the end of 2021, which I'm on pace to hit $100 million in high ticket sales. But I don't see that as, you know, that's the prize. The prize is how many people have I impacted to hit that $100 million threshold, right? How many people have I touched? So, you know, when I look at sales as an example, I never ever look at, and you'll never hear me say the words, I closed this person. Cause I think that's dehumanizing the effect. I look at it as, hey, we close a deal and I'm helping this person. I provided a solution 
to their problem, not that I've closed them. Yeah. And I think that's what keeps him grounded saying I'm helping people. That's great. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Adrian. Cool. So before we get on uh, Josh and Carlisa, there's a question here. Uh, will real estate ever grow as fast as crypto did? You know what? Real estate is going to be the safest haven. I mean, you look at, I mean, there's really, at the end of the day, I, I, part of my expression, folks, but really two things that are proven to 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 create wealth, or should, I have to be careful with this one. Um, actually, I won't even go there. I'll just say real estate. I'll just say real estate, as we know, I mean, it's the one thing. I mean, you have you, you invest and it's going to grow and so forth. So I don't think it's, it's not about fast because the faster you grow, the faster you fall. What you need is sustainability. And let's face it, real estate is going to be the most forgiving, whereas crypto is going to be less forgiving. When crypto can drop 25 points in a day, how would, would real estate lose that much in a day? Right? So... Um, crypto, you could technically lose 80%, 90%. So again, I'm not a crypto expert. Do I invest in crypto? Yes, I invest in crypto. Why do I invest in crypto? That's my fun money. I just put in crypto. Let's see what happens. I don't even think about it. It goes up. Great. It goes, I'll check it out in a year. So, but don't, don't follow the masses and people are saying buy crypto and this, and there's a lot of people that are pumping and are dumping, pumping and dumping, pumping and dumping. Um, you have a better chance of actually maybe making it make it a go by doing some pink pink sheets or some penny stocks. So, anyways, hopefully that's helpful for that question. And again, do not you do you do your own due diligence. Don't come and sue my ass. This is simply my opinion. That's my disclaimer for any lawyers that are watching. So, um, cool. So we'll bring in Josh and Carly's. Um, sure. Um, I see you everywhere, social media, Mark. And my question to you is, where do you find this confidence? Have you always been very confident in yourself and really believed in yourself? Because I see it, you know, it takes a lot to have a podcast, to be all over social media. Um, I know for me, for sure, that is something I struggle with. You know, take it till you make it, but whatever. Mm. I have all that confidence in the world, but I see it in you. So yeah. Did you, were you always this confident? And if not, you know, what brought you to where you are now? Um, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate the, the comment about, you know, being confident. Um, every day I'm building to become more confident. So this is why I continue investing in myself. If I didn't invest in myself, uh, it'd either be out because I don't have confidence in myself. That's why a lot of people don't market themselves. It's a lack of confidence in themselves. So I, I'll tell people this is, would you buy from yourself? Would you buy from yourself? And they say, yes. Okay. Then, then you have to, then there's confidence. So you have to continue investing in yourself. Um, a lot of this were it, it, for me getting what allowed me to do what I'm doing now. Uh, I, I had to realize that my vulnerability is my superpower. There's a lot of fakers out there and I know this fake it till you make it. And that is bullshit. I mean, I see people sent, they take pictures of other people's Lamborghinis and they're showing it to everybody there. There's people that are making minimum wage, but they'll go to Vegas and they'll go to the pool parties and they'll say, look, I'm here. Like, you know what? Shut the fuck up. Right? Like shut the fuck up. So I'm all about, Hey, be authentic, be authentic. What gets me going, what gets me excited is those that are hustling that are just earning their keep and they're investing in themselves where my confidence really came from this vulnerability standpoint so i've always been so my upbringing i was born and raised in alberta uh i think there was like maybe two brown kids in my whole school maybe four and two of them were me and my brother uh, my parents opted to give me the bad hands by putting me in french immersion okay as a brown dude living in Alberta, which is going to be very rough, like redneck and that kind of stuff. Um, I didn't even know I was brown until someone told me I was brown and they didn't say it brown in a polite way. Right. So, <laughs> you know, I, I just completely oblivious. Um, but being in the, in, in the schools, I was forced into positions where obviously my teacher saw something in me. So they actually put me in leading roles in plays that I had to perform provincially in French as a leading role. So 
again, my, 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 my deck was stacked against me because everybody didn't like this brown kid taking those leading roles. Then on top of that, my teachers, they put me in public speaking. I didn't know I was getting in public speaking. They were just saying, we want you on stage. You got to prepare a presentation and you're going to speak. And I had to, I had to again, compete at the provincial level. So I've always, so, I mean, from be, speaking in front of a room and then being in medical sales and doing grand rounds, speaking in front of physicians that are really trained to take someone down because it's again, their ego versus your ego. So I really learned how to do that. But a lot of that was a lot of that faking stuff until I realized I hit rock when I hit rock bottom and I said, I, there, I have to share this. I can't hide this anymore. And it was when I decided to be open and transparent with the world that the lid opened up. I've been counseled by people saying, be careful what you say out there because it can be held against you. And you know what my answer is? If I'm in court, at least I'm speaking the truth and it'll be the same fucking story because I'm speaking the truth. I didn't have to make it up. So my confidence lies in my vulnerability. My confidence lies in me being honest. And my com- my confidence comes from me being uh, completely transparent. Hmm. Is that helpful? No, I like that. Because you don't see that as much anymore, especially with social media, you know? Yeah. So many people are, you know, portraying something they're not. And I love that because not a lot of people are vulnerable. There's... Right now, I find in social media, it's owned by a lot of fake bullshit. Yeah. It's time for the vulnerabilities to speak up and be real. Right. If you struggle with a weight issue, get on there and say, I struggle with it. Hey, guess what? The real followers, the real people are going to say, holy shit, there's someone like there like that. Right. Hey, like when I throw myself out there and I say, I hit rock bottom and, you know, um, I like I tell people, I hey, I've been falsely accused of doing things to benefit the other side of a divorce case. I talk about this and you know how many, not just men, how many women reach out to me and saying, thank you for sharing that. Wow. And what that does is it levels, it raises your credibility that you are a human being. So be real. And when you're real, that's when your confidence shines. When you're real, that's when your confidence shines. When you're not real, shit, everybody can see the 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 the, the fakeness. Hmm. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. No problem. Adrian, you up next? Yeah. Holy man, that was beautiful. And uh, I appreciate you being so vulnerable, actually. You know, it's inspired me to be more open as well. So thank you for that. Uh, no, no problem. And there's a, a there's a book by Jim Quick. Um, Jim Quick. So he talks about speed reading and this kind of stuff. Um, and he talks in there about uh, a story I bring up all the time, which is uh, in Spider Man. Um, so his uncle Ben told him, "With great power comes great responsibility." And Jim Quick, I like the way he flips it because once you're vulnerable, now you have a responsibility, and with that responsibility comes great power. That's cool. Yeah, I like that. I have the book too. I haven't read it yet. It's a great book, yeah. Um, so I guess my second question is more in, in terms with mentorship. Um, just because I've been having discussions with people and I'm all over, I, I'm all for mentorship. I can see the, the, uh, you know, the, the usefulness of it. Um, but for people who are hesitant to you know, get a personal trainer or a mentor for whatever aspect in life that they're trying to improve um, because they have that mentality, like, mm-hmm. why should I pay somebody for something that I can learn by myself? Um, do you think that that's an ego question? Um, and if so, how does one combat that? Sure. Also, um, on that note, I'm a, I'm a big believer in mentorship, but I also think Far too often these days, we don't sit with our demons enough. And by demons, I mean, you know, our troubles and our issues by ourselves and really analyze it. You know, Matthew McConaughey said, you know, he frequently takes trips, solo trips, um, so he can sit and rethink his life and his values by himself. And, you know, Mm -hmm. so I want to get your opinion on that too. And if you do that as well. 
Yeah, I, I love that. So as, as you also know, I'm a big proponent of, I'm a huge proponent of, of mentorship and coaching. Okay. I wasn't before. I wasn't before because my ego was too big. My ego was too big because it was a front for my lack of confidence. That's what it comes down to. Um, and so like Matthew McConaughey has a fantastic book. It, it's called um, Green Light. Okay, I'm, I'm listening on Audible. Fucking powerful. Like he just talks about his, it's his autobiography and he's reading it. So he gets really deep on talking about things. And um, I'll talk about Matthew McConaughey here for very quickly and before I get dive into your question. I, if you guys haven't seen it already, I highly recommend there's actually his Academy Award speech. Have you seen it? Yeah. Okay. So his, when he, he won an Oscar, um, Oscar, I think it was like Oscar Academy Award. I probably the same thing. Um, and in his speech, he said, you know, who is, who is his idol? Who is his idol? So a lot of people say my idol is going to be Nelson Mandela or whoever it is. And his, he said his idol is him in 10 years. That's fucking powerful. Right? So that's why mentorship, I think that there's, there's that, you got to take that line across. And I think that's where the line, the, the golden string, as Tim explains to me, is the three things I think that get in the way of someone getting, seeking, seeking counsel is number one, it's going to be their ego. So they have a, a confidence issue, either the self-worth, um, they don't want to be seen as vulnerable is one aspect. Two is their lack of confidence lack of confidence in themselves because now when you hire the right mentor and I say the right mentor, because there's a lot of fake mentors out there that do not invest in themselves and stay clear of them. And I don't give a shit. I will tell you you're, you're a dumbass If you hire someone that has not mentored, got mentorship themselves. Okay. Cause anybody looks like a genius in this marketplace. Okay. The third thing. So we talk about ego confidence. But where someone has to really look at mentorship on really making the decision for that is how much they value their time. That's what it comes down to. How much do you value your time? The Psychology of Money is a phenomenal book. And it made me, and what I like about that is it really just confirmed my, my ideology when it comes to money. The intrinsic value for me with money is the control I have over time. So what is the right mentorship offer for me? It allows me to compress that time. So what I'm doing is I'm in, I'm buying time back because now I can leverage other people's failures, which can then turn into my successes. Never, ever, ever, ever hire a mentor that says they always win. Cause you know what? They're playing too small, playing way too small. Now, if you want to play small, that's up to you. Just go to YouTube then. Cost you nothing. So those are the things that I tell, I believe is what, so when I ask someone, it's not about the money. It's about how much they value time. And, and like, it's, it's, it's like, what does your shirt say again? Fight, right? Fight for your life. So how much do you want? How badly do you want to achieve that success? How badly do you want to achieve your dreams? If you're willing to fight for that last breath so you can achieve it, then mentorship should be a no-brainer. Should be a no-brainer. Is that helpful? Yeah, very helpful. Very helpful. And do you yourself do the um, sort of getaway to, to, to reflect on, on yeah. your values, I guess? Absolutely. <clears throat> I do so. I try to do so daily. And that is simply go for my go. I go for a walk and I just want to be in my element. Um, I would, yeah, I definitely am planning on doing some more trips in the future. Um, you know, um, I guess I could have gone, um, but I just didn't want to be held hostage for two, two weeks and then going still stir crazy. So, um, but um, so this is what I try to do is I do take my I take my daily getaways and that's going for my walks, going for my workouts. Um, and it just allows me to really think things through. And the best ideas come from there as well. Yep. Thanks for that, man.
No problem. Thanks, Adrian. Okay, Josh and Carlise. Uh, so yeah, I had a question more related to sales and real estate. Um, I understand uh, that if it was uh, medical equipment that you used to sell. That's correct. correct. Yeah. How has your sales process changed or how have you adapted your knowledge from you know selling high ticket sales to trading in real estate? Sure. Um, all I've done is uh, I've just simply mastered my craft. I just can continue, continually looking to improve myself. Mm -hmm. So, so if I knew what I knew now in, in the whole mindset piece, the psychology aspect, the behavioral aspect of sales, and I could turn back the clock, holy shit, be a whole different world. This hundred million be $1 billion. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so, for me, um, what I'm doing now is, I mean, I could sit there and I can look, you know, I could sit on a high horse and saying, oh yeah, I've done high ticket sales. I don't need to study. I don't need to practice anymore. Hell no. I continue to master my craft. I mean, right now I'm reading the way of the wolf hmm. and I can look like, oh shit, I don't need this. I'm a sales guy. Huh, sell me this pen bullshit. But I'm like, no, there's always that extra edge. There's always that extra edge. And so a good parallel for that as well, Josh, it's like you look at look at one of my uh, look at Connor McDavid. OK, and I see I choose Connor McDavid because I'm originally from Edmonton and a phenomenal. He doesn't sit on a high horse and saying, I'm Connor McDavid. I'm the highest paying hockey player right now. I don't have to continue improving my skill. He's always looking on mastery of the skill. Right. So mm -hmm. that's so from that aspect, I believe what I've been able to take from. I think what I've been able to take from my high ticket sales and medical devices and apply them to what I do now is not what my, my wins. It's actually been my experience of failure and losses that I take into this side and how I can like raise them to a new level. Because mm -hmm. I tell people, like I look at our business, like the business, I'm not in a real estate business. I'm in a people business. Mm -hmm. Sales is people. It's the art of communication. As in Boiler Room, one of my favorite movies, just from this one quote, Ben Affleck says, sales is easy. I mean, I'm going to paraphrase this. It's a two-way street. Either you're going to sell someone on why they need it or they're going to sell you why they don't need it. Yeah, that's very true. Right? So um, so my my thing for you is if you, because you have that sales experience, you leverage that. Hmm. You leverage that. And in fact, one of my, uh, one of our, uh, in talking with our brand team, um, we're, we're making some subtle changes to our content and I'm going to actually be doing more storytelling. Um, I heard someone actually told me this, uh, I'll give him a shout out Hafiz. He actually was talking to me the other day and he goes, man, I've never seen anyone like you with this. And he goes, your ability to storytell. So he goes, you know, so I said, clicked on me and I go, I got like shit. I got a shit ton of stories. Why not talk about my experience with them? and how they can relate to anybody's business. Hmm. Okay, does that answer your question with the sales? Yeah, yeah, no, it does for sure. Okay, cool, awesome. And I'm not sure if you've read my book, I do have a book, uh, so we can put the link in the, we'll get the link and put that in the in the comment section, I have created a book. So I'm not sure if you've read the book yet, I'll give you guys a free copy of it, it's an ebook, and it's basically the mindset hacks of sales. So you can use that when Carly's is trying to tempt you in a restaurant she wants to go to and you want to go to another one, read that book before you'll win. <laughs> awesome. Adrian, what's up? Nice, nice. Um, so to piggyback off of that conversation, I have a real estate question as well. Sure. Um, so recently, I mean, recently, yesterday, I was at a family dinner and uh i've been trying to raise money to you know pursue investing in real estate um and i know you have great experience in sales but what would you say to like a inexperienced person trying to raise money uh how do you convince people who are not necessarily open-minded uh to investing or maybe they've seen other people invest, but it's been more in the like good old fashioned way of, of using big down payments and buying like a cheap property. How do you get somebody to come on board when you don't have a proven track record 
Um, and I've heard of, you know, barring credibility and things like that, but that's also, I find difficult because most of the people that you, that I talk to personally at the moment and family, and they don't know necessarily what cash flow tribe is, or, uh, even if I do explain it, it's, they, they, they have hindrance to, to sort of believe that it's, it's not a scheme. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So this is why it's the hardest people to convince are going to be family. Family is going to be the hardest one. Friends are going to be second. Okay. The easiest people to convince are going to be allies that are in your same space. That's what it comes down to. It's like, it's like religion, <laughs> you know, depending on what faith you are, it's going to be a lot easier convincing someone's of, of the same faith of you than trying to go to someone that's not the same faith of you. Okay. Family is important. Don't get me wrong. Friends are important, but friends and family are also going to be the ones that are the biggest dream killers. Okay. They're biggest dream killers. Why? It's because one is there's two reasons. One, they don't know what they don't know, but number two is they're worried. They're, they're, they're looking out for you and they haven't, and the third thing is they haven't invested in themselves. Whereas you have to go outside that circle. And then it's funny because the allies will invest first and then your action, your action and the results will start bringing the family and friends and they'll start taking notice. You know, we look at our business and it took a while for family and friends to get involved, but they had to see like, Hey, Mark, you know, like you went from medical sales. Now you're in real estate. Like what gifts? So there's a confidence issue. What you're not, lo- you're no longer working. Like there's a comp, like what were the guarantees? Whereas if you have an ally, an ally is going to be another investor, for example, that understands the inherent risk and what takes, what, what mitigates that risk is the actions you're taking, the people you're around and the groups you belong to. So I, I think a lot of people, again, this is where the scarcity versus abundance mindset comes from. You want to raise your profile? Why not on your Instagram? Say, hey, I am mentored by so-and-so. Raise your profile. Because they're going to have that, they're going to have that credibility already. And they're going to say, hey, oh, Adrian's already, he's mentored. He's being mentored by Mark Smith. Okay, cool. I know Mark. I see Mark stuff. Okay, he must be something. And what's going to happen then too is that ally. If they're smart, they're going to reach out to me. Who's this Adrian kid? Leverage, leverage, leverage. People won't invest in joining a mastermind because it'll make cost them $25,000. Let's just say $10,000. But what happens if that $10,000 allows you to raise $200,000? What happens if that $10,000 allows you to raise $11,000? You made 10% on your money. So you got to pay to play, but with the right mentorship. So Adrian, and I share this with Josh and Carly's as well, as you guys are growing your real estate empires, it's not who you know, but who knows you. That's the name of the game. I mean, I get messages from people. Hey, Mark, we see you guys are raising capital. We want in. Just like that. But they also know is because I've been vulnerable and I'm very open. I'm I'm transparent. Hey, I've had a marriage breakdown. I've hit rock bottom. But these are things I'm doing to take myself to that next level. These are my mentors. Is that helpful? Yes, it's been that that was a great answer. I guess it's it's hard, you know, when you you have family and they don't not necessarily or friends who aren't open-minded so it's 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 get, it gets difficult to to take it on to yourself in a way. Mm-hmm. psychology is like as human as human species we're designed to conserve energy so we tend to go to our inner circle and then what we do is we tend to gravitate to only what we want to hear yeah okay um if you can get a stranger or an ally to invest in you, 
you can easily get a you can easily get a family member but it's going to take time yeah. and i I've, I've invested in other people i've invested in other people um heavily uh have i been burnt absolutely but i don't let that i don't let sleep overnight on that because i know the ones that i've been able to help that have repaid or whatever it is they're excelling and that's that's all i can do i'm happy with that yeah awesome thanks adrian thanks for that no problem josh and carlise uh, so I guess this is more of a question for uh, from the both of us. Um, I got you guys' Christmas card, and I, I noticed that you and you and Alex both have your wives on there as well. So I you know I noticed that you guys also work together. How how do you set boundaries in your relationships, and how you how you guys manage working together, right, yeah. and living together? Because mm -hmm. that's something. Uh, we definitely know we have to work on sure a lot of the times i find well personally i find myself talking about the business when maybe i shouldn't be maybe i should be taking this time to talk about maybe about us so yeah that's mm. one of questions do you guys set boundaries when it comes to living and working together um and if you do how has that helped your relationship sure Absolutely. So I find boundaries to be very, they're, they're going to be blurred lines. Okay. <laughs> Especially if it's your own business, it's a family business because this is a lifestyle business. When you go and become an entrepreneur, it's lifestyle. Now it's not like you can shut the doors down at five o'clock because if something needs to be done, it's not going to say, no, you know what? Uh, Carly's, you're not going to say, oh, we got, we got five offers coming on our flip. No, it's five o'clock. We're not going to, no, we're not going to look at this right now. We're not interested in your offer. Reach me at nine o'clock in the morning next day. You just don't. So there has to be, so ultimate, ultimate, ultimate communication, communication on both entities, family, and then your business relationship. Number two is really honing in onto your love languages. Mm. There's a great book called the five love languages. Okay, highly recommended. I mean, that's like couples therapy right there. Hmm. Now, one might be asking who's watching, how the hell does this answer this question? Very simply. Because, for example, Josh may, Josh may be a person that likes words of affirmation. He wants Carly to say, Josh, you're so amazing and I love the hard work you're doing for our family. Carly's may be acts of service. Hey, I need you to change the light bulbs in the house. The light bulbs haven't been working on for like six months because you're so busy, busy on a business. So you have to have to really have to understand each other, the five love languages. Mm -hmm. The next thing, actually in, in that five, the five, love, uh, the five love languages is well in there is you can actually talk together and then putting, um, setting your calendar. And it's, it sounds, sounds hard to do this because some people may look at this and saying, well, if you're putting in the calendar, like, well, no, if you put in the calendar, you're making it a priority. So if that means you guys go on date nights and have fun with it, have mm -hmm. fun with it. Like, you know what, whoever, whoever, uh, whoever talks about business first, they have to do something like make it fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Working together in a business too is it's very important that the expectations are laid out up front. So you're staying in your lane. And trust is the next thing. I know some people. I know some people that um, are are couples, and they're and they all they do is talk business all day, all day. But that's that's what makes them happy. There's gonna be some people that saying, "Okay, I got to shut this down. Now it's our time. Now it's our time. Let's go for a walk. Let's talk about something different." So I highly recommend the five love languages. Really getting an assessment of 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 what you know gets you going, what gets you excited, what's important for you, and then create the boundaries around that. Time batching is very important too. Time batching is really important. So if you guys are working together in your business, just make sure, hey, you guys are having dinner, the phones don't come to the dinner table. Mm. Be intentional. Be intentional. Um, here's something you could do is at dinner, we're going to bring each bring five different things. We want to talk about at dinner that do not involve business and bring that, bring that post note to dinner. 
be intentional with it. I will admit I struggle with this myself. And my team knows that because my brain is, I'm ambitious as crazy as, and my I'm driven and it's always turning. Like I'll actually be there, but I'm not present because my brain is thinking next ideas. What, how do I do this? How do I do that? So that's something I struggle with in being present. So I'm finding ways on how to be more present. Hmm. Is that helpful? For sure. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially yeah. like the the staying in your lanes. Like we we definitely know where um, where one locks in a certain area of business, the other one picks one up. Sure. So we you know um, all focus on something. She focuses on something else, and we just do our own thing. Uh, so I do like the the fact where you said you know you have to make sure that you trust the other, the other person and what they're doing, right? Because um, you know that you know, they have more skill in that area of business as you do. So, you know, shut up and sit, sit on the sidelines in that, that aspect and sure. just got to trust them. So I, I, I did like that for sure. The other thing is I'll add there is let, let's just say there's a, something in your business that both of you guys just completely detest. And it's like, you're both passing the buck to each other. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be helpful either because it's going to sit there procrastinating and just become really stale. And it's just going to bug you guys is hire someone for that or, or hire it out or contract it out. Because again, why are you doing all this? Are you doing it for your time together? Are you doing it for financial independence? And I think a lot of people lose, lose sight of that. Mm-hmm. So I guess, I guess here's a piggyback question onto what you just said. Um, something that, that I've struggled with is, uh, you know, we just hired a project manager. Okay. Um, you know, starting to, to delegate, you know, I, I don't have a problem de- delegating, like it's, you know, it's fine. It's just getting to that point where you're like, okay, now I feel like I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, I, I'm, I'm building a business cause I want to trade, uh, you know, working and I, I want to gain time back. Right. That's the whole aspect of, you know, of why we want to get into business because we want to, you know, get our time back and whatever. But in the back of my mind, I'm always like, okay, am I, Am I not doing enough or, you know, that's, that's just, it's always in the back of my head once sure. I start delegating and it's like, you know, now I have six hours on my, of my day back. Sure. Now what do I do? Absolutely. Okay. So one of my, one of my mentors is, uh, and I've joined, I recently joined another mastermind group, um, with judge Graham and Matt Monero. Okay. So, uh, judge has a book called scale with speed, uh, judge Graham. And then, uh, Matt Monero has a book called you need more money. Um, and to give you premise on that is uh, Judge is a, uh, he's taken, I believe, a co- a two co- it could be two companies. I know it's one company first. He's taken it public um, and he's and uh, just absolutely crushes it. Uh, and Matt Monero has a business that's doing, I think, $250 million a year. So um, both of them have been, I think, they're, they're connected with Ed Milet. They're connected with, uh, with uh, Grant Cardone and so forth. So I'm getting some mentorship from them. And the one thing is very, very important is to have a, um, a scorecard per day. What I mean by a scorecard, Judge Graham calls it a money sheet. And this is in his book, Scale with Speed. So there's a money sheet and then there's a parking lot. A money sheet is anything that's going to be tied to your revenue generation in a day. So anything that's focused on revenue, that's the priority as a business. Anything that's not focused on revenue goes in a parking lot. Design logo for a, for a design logo for a business card is not a money revenue. It doesn't create revenue. Josh, you speaking to a money partner generates revenue. You negotiating a deal generates revenue. Mm-hmm. So you have to put things on a money sheet in a parking lot. So every day, and I highly recommend the book, Scale with Speed, every day you should have a money sheet in a parking lot. On that money sheet, it could be two things. It could be five things. It doesn't matter. That's your list of things to do. For us as human beings, we need purpose. We need purpose. Otherwise, we're walking blindly. We don't know. And so by the time the day is done, it's like, was it that I do enough or didn't I do enough? Mm-hmm. So the money sheet, you put that list of items that need to be done that serve your business. That's going to create revenue. Checkbox, checkbox, checkbox. Then you know it's been enough. Mm-hmm. Right. And only you can hold yourself accountable. You can't give yourself a false positive saying, well, I, I reached out to them. They didn't really call me back. So I still get a checkbox. No, you didn't make direct contact. 
did you find other sources of avenues how to connect with this person? So put, put that list together and it's like that checklist and just take them off because then it's going to help you with the enough. Is mm -hmm. it enough? The uh, Matt McKeever, one of my mentors as well. And he says, there's a book, I think it's five dysfunctions of a team. It's leads versus leg arts. And I talked about this in my clubhouse group this morning. Um, leg arts is when you set that big goal leads is you're going to be your daily action. So in, uh, so let's just say you say you want to hit 10 flips in 2021. Okay. That's a great goal, but it's meaningless. If it's just sitting out there, what are you doing to get to that goal? Those are the leads. What are you doing every day to inch up that mountain? Mm -hmm. So if you're saying, if you and, and if Carly's and yourself, you guys sit down and you say, okay, well, Carly's, I need to be talking to five realtors a day. I need to be making sure our processes are intact with our business. Okay, put them on the list. And if you're not taking them down, you're, you, you, have, you, have no, you, have, you don't deserve to get those 10 flips because you're not doing the work beforehand. So money sheet versus uh, parking lot. Is that helpful? No, that's great. It's a, it's a great idea because it's, it's not something that I practice at this point. So I think we'll definitely, you know, seeing these tasks come off of my list will definitely help with that, uh, you know, enough part in the back of my mind. For sure. And you, you, and you know what, you guys can have fun with it too, as a couple, you know, have a, have a leaderboard, have a scorecard. How many days in the year did each of you guys hit all of them and versus and being holding each other accountable. And then you have to do something special for the other person. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. Cool. Hope my hope Zara's not listening to this. She's gonna make me do that now. She's winning. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Adrian, we'll bring you back on. Yeah, again, thank you so much. Your your insight is great and the questions have been awesome. Um, they've answered quite a couple of my questions too. Cool. Um, I think as a, I'm pretty sure we're close to time, but uh, as, as sort of like a, a final question with regards to your mindset on money, because this is one thing I struggle with still, um, is that how do you prevent getting lost in chasing purely money? And how do you stay connected to your why along the way? Um, because, yeah, there's one, there's one thing I don't want to do is get lost in this chase. You know, I need to make this and uh, put family and myself mm -hmm. on the sidelines. Yeah, for sure. Um, again, uh, uh, what's really helped me with that is uh, what really helped me with that is getting stuck in the weeds. Um, with that is the amount of value we lead with, the amount of value we provide. Just focus on that. You know what? I believe it's um, in Bob Berg's book, the Bob Berg's book, The Go Giver. That's the first law is the amount of value we provide is going to be ultimately what we receive back. So if you think like high ticket sales, like for example, Josh, if Josh is selling cars, for example, and his code is to hit five cars a month, what he needs to be doing is not focusing on the five cars a month. He should be talking about, Hey, I'm going to help five people a day. That's all I want to do. I'm going to help five people that come into the dealership today. I'm going to help five people a day. Oh, I got kids. I don't know what the right car is. And just, being honest, hey, this is not the right car for you. You should go to the dealership across the street. But you keep on doing that and then boom. That's what keeps you out of the weeds is when you focus on the value perspective, not because what is money? Money is what you receive. Don't focus on what you're receiving. Refuse, focus on what you can give. Keep on focusing on what you can give. So read that book, The Go-Giver by Bob Burke. It's a simple read and it's a nice book because it's a parable. It's a parable, so there's actually a story in it. And I actually did a podcast with Bob Berg, so if you should listen to it as well. Um, and there's a, a short version, there's a long version, but listen to it. Um, and that's not just a shameless plug, but we we dive into the five laws, and it it just hit me. It hit me because if I were to turn back the clock, and if I had a quota of five million dollars, instead of having looking at that big elephant saying I got to find five million dollars this year, I, I should have said, hey. 
I'm going to provide value every fucking day. And if I'm not, if I'm not giving someone value today, I'm not going to reach my number. So let me just leave it value. Yeah, that's a beautiful way to rephrase it. And that's why I asked you because I, <laughs> I know you have that knowledge and, and way of thinking that I'm still learning. So thank you for that. Ryan. You know, you're you're young, Adrian. I mean, I think you're in your mid twenties, if that. And you have, you're, I mean, you're doing some phenomenal things. And the thing is, you're surrounding yourself with the right people. And number two is, you're asking some phenomenal questions. And these are questions. I mean, shit. I, I joke about this. I said when I was in my early twenties, all I cared about was chasing ass and the parties. Uh, my mind, my mind wasn't there. It was all ego. It was very egocentric. But I had to go through that season. Yeah. Had to go through that season, and that's why I'm here today. Amazing. Thank you. Awesome, Adrian. So we'll finish up with Josh and Carliza's last question here, and we'll do a final summary. <laughs> well, it looks like you guys are on mute there. Oh. There we go. We're good now. Uh, well, my question to you is I, you know, I see that you do so much. Um, you're you're on a podcast. I always see you doing a lot. So do you ever reach that burnout stage or have you reached that burnout stage in your life? And what do you do to recharge, to refresh? Uh, only because I feel like I've, I've found myself in this space, especially with COVID now, working from home has been really hard for me. I'm used to, you know, a routine, getting up, getting ready, going somewhere, working, and so with COVID now, my productivity has been so much less, maybe because I'm working from home, I'm in a comfort space, you know, my bed is right there. Oh, I'll just take a little rest, you know? So how do you find that balance? And, you know, when you do find yourself burnt out, done with working, what do you do to, to really help yourself? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. Um, so, um, balance is an interesting question. Um, I believe there's no such thing as balance. I believe you have better luck finding a rainbow colored unicorn with wings. Um, it's managing priorities. Um, I just read a book by Tim Grover. Uh, I know we've, I've, we've exchanged some messages back and forth and hope to have on a podcast soon. Um, winning. And that was a book that really hit home for me. I felt like I was reading my, my own biography because winning is very toxic. Everybody looks at winning and you see holding a championship and that kind of stuff. Winning is very, very toxic. Um, when we, you look at the upper echelon of athletes when they win a championship and you see them when they lift up that prize and they're crying and they're crying like a baby. They're not crying because they're proud that they won something. They're thinking of all the things they had to give up. The sacrifices, the birthdays, the anniversaries, the divorces, all that shit to take them to where they are. So I find it's very important to manage priorities. Number two is I read this somewhere and I can't remember, maybe someone has told me, told me this with, with the inner circle that I'm, I'm part of. Burnout does not happen when we're tired. Burnout happens when we forgot our why. We forgot why we're doing something. We've lost our passion. So it's very, very important to stay, like find that passion and stay on that path of passion. Now, do you have to put, do you have to go 150% every day? No. Progress over perfection. Progress as long as you're moving forward and not backwards. Okay. The other aspect of that, which is, uh, which is really key is, um, oh, it was, uh, was it Brene Brown? I can't remember who it was, is how we continue pushing forward and, and, and break through that, that concern of burnout is as, as my mentor, Tim story says, fill in the gaps with grace, fill in the gaps with grace. Gratitude. What helps people get through burnout is by having a gratitude journal. Forcing you to find the joy. 
Now there's other aspects with burnout. Like there's emotional burnout and then there's physical burnout. Physical burnout, your body just needs a rest. It's okay to take a break. It's okay to say, hey, you know what, Josh, I'm not feeling too good today. I, 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 I'm shutting it down early today. I'm just going to chill. Um, Brene Brown, in her interview with Tim Ferriss, she talks about this, about her and her husband. And I've, we started doing this in our household, um, which is either in the morning or the evening, we'll do, a, we'll do a, a quick huddle. How are you feeling? Where are you at right now? So it's almost like I tell, I'll tell Zara, hey, Zara, I'm running at 30% right now. So the expectation is laid out to her. So she's not going to, you know, expect higher expectations that I can run a marathon when I'm only running at 30%. I'll tell her I'm running on empty right now. I just need to chill and not do anything. So it's being aware of that and making sure your partner is aware of that. It's communication. So it's okay to take breaks. It's okay to rest up. But when you're running at 100%, you better be going at 100%. Is that helpful? Yeah, thank you. No problem. And th these are fascinating questions because you're going to have those peaks and valleys. Mm -hmm. You're going to have those peaks and valleys. You're going to go up. You're going to go down. You're going to go up. You're going to go down. Um, but the trajectory has to be upwards. And that's what we have to be looking at. But look at yourself. I mean, Josh and Carlise, <clears throat> two years ago, how many flips did you guys have? Um, None. And now you have three ongoing. Massive. That's massive. Those just one flip can just change your tra trajectory of your life. Yeah. You have three. So always lean forward, lean into the resistance. It's a little silent there. Is that good? That I no. uh, hit no, some? Hit, did I hit some buttons there? <laughs> it's more taking it in yeah, than anything, to be honest. Sure. Right. Absolutely. So you guys got this, and the fact that. You know, you guys are focused on your mindset. You're focused on on that. Um, you know, I had a guest on one of my podcasts uh, a while ago, Randy, and he said something very, very unique to me that him and his partner, they already get uh, marriage counseling and they don't have any problems. I'm like, why do you have marriage counseling if you have no problems? Is because we want to be able to talk to a third person before the problems even arise. Mm. Yeah. And 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 where because the, there's also burnout that happens in relationships too. right what it's energy yeah and wait till you have kids fuck <laughs> right I, don't have, I will do it when i have kids yeah <laughs> well you already have kids as a teacher right yeah, yeah. that's true right so <laughs> it, it, it definitely changes the game so um cool so we'll bring both you guys up here and uh, we'll do some final thoughts and uh let's bring you up on oh there you go Cool. So I want to say thank you to 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 both of you, uh, all, th all three of you. Sorry um, for just coming on. Um, I, I trust this was helpful for you. Um, I trust um, that uh, this helped give you some more confidence coming online on a platform. And um, you know what? Just reach out to me. Connect. You guys have shown up. Now you guys become part of my circle, and that's why I push on people. Is like get time to get uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. It's about this is where this is where we grow is in the uncomfortable zone. Um, Omar Elatar, um, he says this, in, in, which is really cool. So think about this in perspective, okay? So you look at a caterpillar before it turns into a butterfly, goes into a cocoon. Most caterpillar, actually I shouldn't say most, but some caterpillars will actually die in that cocoon. And what, they, what happens in that cocoon is there's lots of wiggling, lots of wiggling, lots of wiggling. So you're compressed, you're confined. In this cocoon and you wiggle 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 and eventually the wings pop through that's life life wants to compress you so you got to keep on wiggling you got to continually be in motion and that's how you break through love that man you're always uh, super honest and vulnerable and i think it's refreshing and uh Thank you for sharing everything and putting things into perspective. I hope it helps other people as well. 
Thank you, man. No, and I think the fact that the questions that you that you asked, the questions that Carly's asked, the question that Josh asked, there's other people out there that are asking the same questions, but you guys had the courage to come on stage and ask those questions. So um, thank you so much. Mm -hmm. yeah, cool. It definitely helps us come out of our comfort zones as well, because yeah. I've noticed that it's not like we've had tons of success just yet, but I've noticed that when we put ourselves in uncomfortable situations and keep pushing ourselves to do things that the normal person wouldn't is where we see these glimpses of like, mm -hmm. you know, we can actually do that shit. You know, yeah. everybody's like, you know, that's fucking hard. It's like, you know, you haven't tried it. Absolutely. And you know what? The thing is, the thing that the thing that we need to the, the, the thing that we avoid the most is the thing that we need to do the most. Yeah. Right. So um, as a way of saying thank you to to all of you, um, we got some seven two hats coming your way. So my amazing assistant will be reaching out to you and getting your addresses. And we got some seven two hats coming. Awesome. I want to wish you guys a great Sunday. It's supposed to be some beautiful weather today. So you guys take care. And for those of you that stayed on, on Instagram, on YouTube, on Facebook, I want to say thank you for your continued support. If you want to come on, you can simply send me a DM that you want to come on, pick my brain show. I'll have you guys on. Can't wait to see all of you.